So everything seemed to be going just fine. And then came the pandemic and it just ruined everything. Now, what do we do? Do we stay at home? Is it time to go back out again? Can we wear a mask? Shouldn't we? But mostly, should we be afraid? Is there room for hope? We are relaunching the podcast of First United Methodist Church called The 116. We're relaunching today, not just on a podcast form, but on video form as well. So it's a pleasure to have you with us, and welcome back to The 116. Even fresh new music. And this is the 116, a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. You approve of that, don't you, Pastor Tim? Yeah, my stamp of approval. Perfect. My guest today is Pastor Tim Osmond, and it's a pleasure to have you in the studio. Uh, our, th- these brand new facilities, what do you think? This is pretty awesome, isn't it? It is awesome. Yeah. And uh, we are glad to have you with us today as we relaunch the 116. And we are going to be thinking about moving out of the pandemic. And what I like to say about the 116 is we're also like the salsa on the chips of life. So add a little spice to your day as we think about some important things together here. And uh, pastor, I got to tell you, I would not, I, I've, I've served as a, as a pastor in the past. I'm kind of glad I didn't have to be a pastor through the uh, pandemic. It's just been kind of a fun adventure sitting in your seat, has it not? Oh, it's been a it's been a joy, a real ride. I'll tell you that. Yeah, what what has been the most difficult thing for you trying to lead a an organization that involves so many people in the community uh, and, and tries to bring together so many different opinions? What has been the biggest challenge for you in leading an organization this big through something as massive as the pandemic? It's probably been just simply making uh, contact with people. So much business, frankly, gets taken care of, as they say, in the church parking lot or in the church hallway, because that's where you see people. You stop, you pause, you have a brief conversation, you talk about a direction or a vision or an idea of where we ought to be headed, um, and and that kind of plants a seed. And it's been real hard to plant seeds when you can't actually be in the presence of people. So do, do you think there's um, there's room to be hopeful that we are coming out of this thing now? I think so. It, it's been a little odd, I'll tell you, going into the grocery store lately and not having a mask on mm-hmm. because I've been so used to wearing that mask. <laughs> yeah. And when I walk in, I wonder how many people I might be offending because I'm not wearing a mask. Uh, and then I look around and almost no one else is wearing a mask. There's just a handful who are wearing them. And, and certainly in church, um, they, they're welcome to wear masks if they've been vaccinated or if they feel comfortable. We're not going to be the mask police you need to mm-hmm. make decisions on your own. And as I like to say, you need to adult. If you're an adult, please adult. I don't need to make that decision for you. You need to make your own. Um, but you also shouldn't feel bad if you feel like you want to wear a mask because uh-huh. there are some people who are not vaccinated yet, others who have health concerns. And so they're just a little, you know, leery of what they might catch. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. So if you need to wear a mask, please wear a mask. And if you don't want to, that you, no harm, no foul there. Social distancing still? Um, social, that's a good question. Um, social distancing, we're still asking people to be mindful of others, again, who might be wearing a mask. Again, they may be on, on a, a medication or chemotherapy treatments, and so their immune systems are, are down. 
So just be mindful of those who are wearing masks and give them certainly social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but others, um, probably within three feet of each other, you're probably okay. And after that, some people may get real uncomfortable. So just be mindful. But that's probably true even before the pandemic. Some of us like about three feet distance, you know, and some are real close talkers. You know, they want to get right up in your face. Uh, so be mindful of that. Um, also, people are wondering about handshaking. Can I shake hands? Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the person you're shaking hands with. Um, I often fist bump because mm-hmm. there are still those who are uncomfortable shaking hands. And so a fish, fist bump or a, a elbow bump are certainly acceptable. And some people weren't huggers to begin with. And so if you feel a body really stiffen up when you, you know, go to hug them, uh, you might want to pull back a little bit. I kind of like the, the, the fish bump, too. That, oh, a fish in my bump. case, yeah, yeah, yes. that would work out well. I, here's been my struggle because I, I'm not a, I, I cannot be an outgoing person. Sometimes I can be kind of focused on my own thing and I can miss other people. So I've had to really practice smiling at people over the years to the point that once I wore the mask, I wanted to smile at people. And I found myself, I don't know if you can see my forehead, you're practicing the eyebrow <laughs> race thing. So they knew I was trying to smile at them, but uh, that was quite a challenge. And then, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've gotten hugged a few times. I think people are relieved to feel comfortable hugging once again. But, uh, oh, I, I, and I got this the other day when I was coming out of my uh, condo, uh, a lady who, uh, for her, English wasn't a first language, and I was holding the door open for her. Uh, she was masked. I was not. And she kind of looks at distance and goes, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> she didn't even want me to hold the door open for her. Wow, so I, I, sure. I, I got the, uh, the hint, but it's, yeah, trying to figure out what people want. We're just kind of in that phase right now where we have to um, just try to read others and be considerate of them. Is that what you're thinking? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as I said, that's really always been true, but so much more so now coming out of this pandemic. Yeah. So just yeah. try to read, you know, try to read people and uh, just try not to be awkward. And, and that's a little, that's a little difficult. So if you feel awkward, by the way, you're not alone. All of us are feeling awkward right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I spend my life feeling awkward, by the way. The pandemic didn't do anything to change that. But uh, uh, You and me both. Yeah. So you have uh, been really giving some really good advice in your messages lately for dealing with this issue of surviving and survival. Uh was survival something you were interested in, these, these, these facts about what it takes to survive? Are those things that you were already interested in and they kind of made their way into your message? Or, or where exactly did that come from? Now, I've always been interested in survival since I was a kid. My grandparents owned a 90-acre farm deep in the south of southern Illinois. Um, and uh, we used to camp out a little bit when we were there, did some hunting and fishing on their property and when I was a kid, I loved to go to the library and pull books on survival, mm-hmm. how, how to make snares, how, you know, what plants were edible, um, how to build a fort, you know, or, a, well, we built forts, but just how to build a shelter. We uh-huh. called them forts when we were kids, but how to build shelters. So I was always interested in that and uh, love um, Survival Man and some of the other TV shows that, that have survivalists who go out for a week and, and truly try to sur- survive. Um, and so that's how that it gave its itself to the sermon series on surviving in the wild, and what are the you know five most important th- you know necessities you know water and fire and shelter mm-hmm. food and oxygen. And so we talked about each of those in terms of not only truly survival skills you need for the wild, but just the wilderness metaphor for the world in which we live, and how do we survive spiritually in that that environment. 
The next series that we're looking at doing and will be starting is on uh, thriving mm-hmm. in the wild. So there's one, at one sense, you have to survive. And the other is then how do you, how do you thrive? Because we don't just want to survive. We don't want to just survive forever, you know, without thriving. We, we need to move forward. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about is relationships as we talk about thriving. When you're surviving, is if you've ever been on an airplane, they always give you the talk at the beginning of these are the things you need to do should the plane crash. Right. And, and I, they ought to add on their prey because <laughs> it might be your last breath yes. in this world. Yes. But, uh, but they say when the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, put your own oxygen mask on first. Then you can care for the others around you. If you don't put it on first, you're going to run out of oxygen, and you're just going to be one of the other people who are, are now struggling to just survive. So when you're in survival mode, it's often about taking care of your own need first so that you can care for others. When you begin to th- thrive, now you can have some deeper conversation about truly relationships and how you build those and enhance those and how those then uh, bless your life as well as you being a blessing to others. Mm. I've I've noticed something interesting when it comes to popular movies. Back in the 80s and 90s, it was really popular to have movies where people were saving the world. Mm-hmm. And there were these big bombastic movies that the world had to be saved. These days, the theme seems to be more like save yourself mm-hmm. or save your family or save your group. Right. Yeah. And uh, is that a reflection of, of where we are as a culture, do you think? I mean, are, are you seeing that from your vantage point? Well, you know, that's, you know, it's really a, an interesting thing. So, yeah, so back back in the day, um, movies about World War II, where you're sacrificing your life to save others. And now movies are about the zombie apocalypse. And mm-hmm. it's all about have you hoarded enough to survive for yourself or your family. And so, yeah, it seems to be a, sh- a little bit of a shift in society from being the hero that gives their life uh, to save others, to being the hero of your own life and your own family, of how you protect them and save them. So it is kind of an interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, but that's an interesting observation. Yeah, I just I, I I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about movies, and it just occurred to me there has been a, a real shift. And I think we can all say that we we've seen that in our culture that uh, we are much more concerned about our thing than we are other people's things. In fact, I. I saw an, a social media argument the other day that if you don't agree fully with my stance, mm. then that means you're a fence sitter and you're not helping things any at all. It, it used to be the person in the middle that brought people together and found the place where we can have conversation and growth together. Uh, that was the ideal place to be. Now, it seems like you either have to be on the right or the left, and anybody who tries to bring people together is kind of the, the bad guy in all of this. Sure. And, and we have really seen that play out through the pandemic, haven't we? No, we have. And, you know, there's that theory out there about operating out of, out of a scarcity or, mm-hmm. you know, out of abundance. And we certainly saw that at the beginning of the pandemic with toilet paper. Yes. Uh, because all the shelves were bare. I remember my wife and I going into the local Wally World store, I'll call it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, And uh, we walked down the aisle where all the cleaning supplies were, paper towels and toilet paper. And I took a picture of it because those shelves were absolutely empty. And I'd never experienced, you know, that scarcity before. Right. Um, right. Which caused us to even, uh, when we did find toilet paper, to grab an extra package, not just one, but grab an extra package. Mm-hmm. Just in case we didn't 
find it again in the store for another month or two. Yeah. And we weren't alone in that. There were, and there were some people who had in garages full of the stuff and some of them even, even ended up getting fined for having hoarded so much <laughs> yeah. when others were in need. And we, we ended up giving some of our, we didn't have a, I don't, you know, we didn't have a garage full, um, but we did have some extra and we did end up giving some of that extra away to other church members who said they couldn't find any toilet paper. And so we tried to, to help them with that. And toilet paper was, you know, worth its weight in gold, frankly. Yes. It, and not that toilet paper weighs that much, but, but it was certainly worth its weight in gold. So I, I kind of yeah. wonder as you were, were talking about um, this, you know, where we are now is, and I would just wonder if our world is operating out of scarcity mm. um, because survival mode means you, you may not have food. So you've got to go scavenge for food and, and figure that out which also means you may not be willing to share with another person who also is lost because if you share what you have, you may not have enough. So that's where the mentality of scarcity comes from. Scripture, however, talks to us about the opposite, and that is is taking what little we have, giving it to God, and then letting God multiply it so that others would be blessed. So two passages, one is Old Testament, the prophet um, Ezekiel, or Elijah, the prophet Elijah calls for a um, for a drought, and then he goes to a widow who says she only has enough. She's going to make a cake, a piece of bread for her and her son, and they're going to eat it, and then they'll die because they don't have any more after that. And he says to her, "If you will go bake me a cake first, a loaf of bread, and let me eat, and then bake whatever you're going to do for your son, you'll have enough." And sure enough, for three years, her oil never runs out, and her wheat never runs out. Wow. And then the boy with the two loaves and the, you know, five fish or two fish and five barley loaves. Yeah. He gives what he has. And when they're finished feeding 5,000, there's plenty left over. Mm-hmm. So Christ actually calls us to not live in scarcity mode. Yes. But to live in the abundance of what God is going to provide for us. So let me just kind of ask you then to, to direct some thoughts to people of a specific mindset. Let's talk, first of all, to the person who's still really afraid mm-hmm. to come out. Uh, what advice, what thoughts do you have for uh, the one who's, who's still at home and, and unsure whether they want to come, ever come back maybe to a public gathering like church meetings again? What would you say to them? Sure. So one, I would say you're not alone in your fear. There are others out there who have not returned to church. We've got about two-thirds or so of the church who have returned, and other congregations are experiencing similar numbers. So you're certainly not alone in that that you're still at home and may be fearful of going out. Part of what I would say would be um, pay attention to the statistics or to what the news is telling us about whether we can go back out or not because there's this Delta variant that they're already talking about mm-hmm. that in the fall may hit us again. Oh, no. so it's a different variant, and we'll see if, if the um, vaccines catch up with, with them or not. And I would in, encourage you to uh, take little steps. So watch us online. That's a great place to, because we're going to continue, even though we're back in church officially, mm-hmm. we are going to continue the online broadcast. And we've, right. I just give thanks for our Peoria First Foundation, who's helped us to make a huge investment yes. in the, both the podcast, but also our video cast ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can continue to do that. But at some point I would just encourage you to have, um, courage you need to come back out again and and certainly when you come in our doors um you are not going to be 
crowded like cattle into a narrow space where you, right. you can't socially distance. We've, we're a big enough building that there's plenty of room for you to move and maneuver so that you don't have to be right next to people. And in our sanctuary now, we have taken down the barriers between pews that allowed us to separate, you know, pews where the, the pews that were not used so people wouldn't sit there. So we've taken those barriers down. So there's plenty of, of room in our sanctuary and in our worship center for you to sit wherever you want to sit. And if you choose to sit as far away from people, God bless you. You're welcome to do so. So don't feel like you're offending us if you feel you need distance. That's okay. Yeah. So let's go to the other extreme then. If somebody is saying, I don't understand why everybody is so afraid and we need to get back to uh, just being as close to each other as we can and everybody ought to come back in. And what what, is, what are your thoughts to the one who is kind of on the other side of this? Well, I, I tell you, let me read just a, uh, two verses of Scripture out of Hebrews. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I've heard that passage used, especially by those who, even during the pandemic, felt that the church was making an awful mistake by not having the doors open. Right. But I want to remind you that that passage on bookends that comment about not forsaking being together with the words um, spurring one another towards love and good deeds and the word encourage one another. And some of what I've heard by a few people, and I don't mean to chastise them, but (laughs) I've heard them not being encouragers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's almost um, like having a cattle prod. And a cattle prod is certainly an encourager to a cattle who, <laughs> cow that won't move. Yes. But that's not the kind of encouragement Paul was talking about in this passage. He says um, not with the, the forceful end of a cattle prod. He says with love and good deeds. So how do we care for one another? And so I would just encourage uh, people to encourage others to come mm-hmm. back to church. I, I hope they call some people whom they've not seen in church in a while and just say, hey, don't call them and say, hey, you get back to church or you're an awful person, you know, and you're fear, living in fear. But I'd encourage you to call them and say, hey, I've been missing you. That's a different kind of a statement. Sure. And I hope you return soon because I need to see your face. Wow. So that's a different kind of encouragement than, than the cattle prod encouragement of you get back to church because you're just being an idiot. Because they're not <laughs> being an idiot. Yes. Listen, this pandemic took the lives of many people. In fact, it's still taking the lives mm-hmm. of thousands of people around the world right. every week. And it was nothing to take lightly. And so um, people's fears were, you know, they weren't phobias. Phobia is a fear of something that's, that's unreasonable. It was a reasonable fear. And some of us have family members who died because of the pandemic. And so their fears were, were met with reality. And so be be gracious, be kind. I want to remind you, you are listening to the 116. It's a pleasure to have you along with us. I'm Greg Fish, and Pastor Tim Osmond is my guest today as we look at what is it going to take to come out of the pandemic, especially for those who gather as a church, and more specifically for those uh, at the church where uh, Pastor Tim is uh, overseeing things. Uh, so what is your hope then? What, where do you see things going uh, 
from today forward, what is your word of encouragement for those who would love to hear something good instead of bad news? Sure. So my hope is as we move forward, um, we're going to begin to be able to actually fellowship together again. So the church has actually been meeting with Zoom meetings, and we've been broadcasting worship services. So the church has continued to exist even through this pandemic, even though we weren't able to meet physically together. But what you miss in Zoom meetings, I think, and what you miss uh, by simply watching worship online is you miss that physical fellowship together, uh, being able to have conversation with one another. Um, anybody who's, I, frankly, I've loved Zoom meetings mm-hmm. because it limits the number of people who want to talk and it limits the num- the amount of conversation that occurs because you're online and and frankly, we can mute you. So, sure, sure. and I don't mean to say that I don't want people to contribute at meetings, but it's helped our meetings to be a whole lot shorter and briefer, and we've gotten the same amount of work done with less amount of time. That piece I love because uh, I have a family that I'd like to fellowship with and talk with. But coming back, we need to fellowship. We we are hungry for those conversations that, frankly, really only happen face to face. And when we slow down and take the time for that to happen. So one of the things I'm really encouraged about is that we're going to be able to begin to eat together again mm. um, around yeah. tables. Yeah. And as, as Methodists and as Baptists and, uh, and Lutherans, uh, just as Christians in general, a lot of what we do is around a table. We yes. love to eat yes. and to fellowship together. So I'm really looking forward to being able to do that. And, actually, and as I said, actually seeing people's faces. That was a joy when we finally were able to take our masks off in church and yes. actually see expressions again Absolutely. on the face of the people around yeah. us. Yeah, And, you know, really what we have here in this, uh, trying to look at the right cameras and remember what, by the way, pardon me if I don't get the camera. This is a, a brand new venture for me as well as uh, we figure out how to do this well. But this, this room, as you mentioned, made possible in part by the uh, uh, FUMC uh, uh, Foundation. Uh, so we are looking at ways to reach out digitally that we've never done before because we recognize a lot of you out there are watching in ways that you've never been watching before and asking questions you've never asked before. So we know that's a thing, but, uh, we anticipate being able to do more and more of these types of things in the future as far as helping people to not just come and gather in community, but have ways of staying in touch with that community through their computers, their smartphones, because of these, uh, new things we've learned uh, during this time. And that's, that's been quite a blessing, hasn't it? It has been a real blessing. We've been, you know, online for uh, two or three years before I got here. They mm-hmm. had started that process. And then as I came, we just continued to grow in that. And now we've taken several light year steps forward uh, in, into this venture. And so, yeah, it has been, it has been a blessing, um, it, it's it been a challenge, this learning curve of how to do video and how to do online and do yes. it well. Yes. Uh, you know, and, um, and I just give God thanks for all the people that we had at the right time. Um, yourself being one of those, you know, people here, Thank you. Miguel, um, you know, Doug and others, uh, Jason, who all helped. And, and I apologize because there's probably a hundred more names I need to mention, but, sure. but all of them seem to be Christina all of them that just seem to be at the right place at the right time at this church in order for us to be able to do what we're doing. And like you said, now we've got a whole new learning curve with some brand new equipment. I just want to say thank you to all those who do watch us, you know, in the mornings 
who through June and now through July, as we continue to learn how to operate this new equipment, give us patience um, because there are going to be plenty of, of, you know, growth pains here. Yes. <laughs> as we move absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Yes. I, and definitely feeling that. And, and this being the first, the relaunch and doing this, this whole new thing with, uh, with video has definitely been a huge learning curve. You've used the uh, phrase a lot that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. And, my thoughts have been, I feel like I'm still stretching. I haven't even started running yet. This has really been stretching me. So uh, any other thoughts that, as far as what you would like to encourage people with regarding where we are going forward from, from here, Pastor? What, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I, part of what I just said, which was be patient, because mm-hmm. just as we're learning the new equipment and the new um, Place where we are in the world with coming out of this pandemic. Be with, be patient with us as a church, because we we're learning how to be normal again, and there is a learning curve to that. In fact, Sunday morning was the first Sunday morning that that I was on the platform where we were actually taking an offering again, mm-hmm. and it took me a moment to remember where the plates were and where <laughs> I, what I was supposed to do with them. Yes, um, and for a mo- honestly for a moment I panicked. Because I couldn't remember, and and then it kind of came back to me. Thankfully, uh, Pastor Evans was on the platform, and she had done it the week before previously, so she kind of knew what to do. And so then I kind of just followed her lead, even though I'd done it much longer here than she had. But <laughs> point being, there are many things in the church right now that we just need you to be patient with as we come back online. You know, both uh, online on on the, the internet, but also online in church service itself. I mean, in, in, in person. So be patient. Also be patient with the numbers that you see and don't be alarmed that only two thirds of the, the pews seem filled when they used to be completely full or now there used to be two thirds full and now they seem only half full. Um, just be aware that there are a lot of people who are not coming back yet and some of them may never come back. And that's okay. Um, I'm trusting God in this whole process, and we're not alone in the in the for a lack of numbers. I don't like that term, but that that's the term I think that adequately describes what we have right sure, now. Sure, sure. So just be patient with all that, and try not try not to worry uh, so much about it. Again, it's a little bit of coming out of survival mode and coming back to reality of of again abundance. But right now, um, just be patient. Be patient with one another. Be patient with the leadership of the church. Your particular ministry may not be back yet because, again, we're just now opening up and things are beginning to happen again. Your Sunday school class may not be meeting yet um, because we have a few classes where where some of our people, for whatever reason, chose not to come back yet. So, um, But we have a Sunday school class for you. So just be patient. Be gracious. And, uh, and join where you can right now. Well, it's been interesting that we are seeing um, some of those things coming back. Like, for example, our youth group uh, has just arrived back in town after a, a missions trip across the country. Yes. And um, so we're starting to see those things return. Not to the They were expecting to go around the world. We ended up going across the country instead, but still that's something. It's good to see some of those vestiges of... Uh, of uh, what we're used to coming back, but it's also exciting to see where we might be going as well. And that's kind of what I'm thinking too, that as we are having this opportunity to speak to somebody perhaps who has never been inside of our church building even, or inside of any church building that, uh, 
we're starting to see so much more potential for helping people where you hurt, where you need hope in your life. And so I thought maybe in kind of wrapping this up, uh, and I, and I didn't prepare you for this, so my apologies if I catch you off guard, but speaking to perhaps the person who's listening who is not, uh, would consider themselves a, somebody who goes to church, mm-hmm. what, what would you say to them, Pastor? I, well, I would say, um, you know, we've got room for you. You know, there's a place here for you. So not only, as I said, we only have about two-thirds of what our regular attendance had been. There's ample room for you to come and be a part, um, as well as there's going to be really great resources online. So if you choose just to, to be somebody who watches online for a while, who receives your teaching online and what it means to be a Christian and a disciple of Jesus online, there's going to be resources for you there. Um, but my encouragement to you would be, um, at some point, come and meet us face-to-face, because uh, I'd love to meet you. And on Sunday morning, if you happen to come in, I usually have about 15 minutes in between worship services, so I don't have a lot of time. But if you if you come for the first time or second time and you've not met me yet, um, just make it a point to say, hey, Pastor, I've been watching you online, and I just came for the first time. I would absolutely love to meet you and say hello yes. to you. Yeah. And and if my wife is around, introduce you to, to my wife, uh, introduce you to Greg, uh, uh, so that you get to know us not only online, but really in person. And so I just want you to know we've got space for you. And even though I've got very little time in between worship services, I do have time for you. Yes. And uh, so just be willing to to, to approach me and say that. And I apologize if I if I have to say, hey, I've got to go to work. Uh, I've got to head out to uh, the next worship service. Um, but I do want to take time for you. You are important to us. And we're, and frankly, I, I'll say this. What we do at church, you need to know we do it for you. Yes. This, we're not doing this for me, you know, or for Greg, or um, even uh, for others uh, here already at the church. Although we, we do it well, we do it for them, and we do it for you. So um, we just want you to know that you're important to us. That we're not we're not just here doing this for our glory. We're doing it for the glory of God. You'll hear us say that, but we're also really doing it for you, so that we might meet your needs where you are, and help you begin a relationship with a God who absolutely loves you. Yeah, and I would encourage you to feed back to us. And this is where going to our website at peoria1.com will be helpful to us. There are feedback forms on there. If you can let us know how we're doing, uh, we want to hear honestly what's on your heart because we don't know unless you tell us. And so, you know, what can we do to serve you better online? How can we better meet your needs digitally? What about this podcast and video cast? What, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, and if you're still with us at this point, apparently you've made it made it through. So we, we would love to hear back from you as well. So we would encourage you uh, to do that as well. But, uh, Pastor, it's been a, a pleasure having you with us here today. And this has been a fun new adventure. I, I love doing this kind of thing. Sure. This is, I, I mean, I feel like I could come in here and do that. I mean, I could bore people to death with this stuff. <laughs> this is just so much fun. I enjoy doing this. And thank you for being a part of the, the new podcast. Oh, I, I have one more thing I wanted to ask you to do. And I've kind of thought about this a little bit, but um, we are people of faith. And I want to end with a prayer, but I'm wondering if maybe part of your prayer could be a blessing prayer over this studio and the work that we are doing to reach people in new and fresh ways as well as we go forward. Would you be willing to uh, give us a, a prayer like that in closing? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 
Let's pray together. Gracious God, I do want to pause for a moment and say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the resources that have been so generously given that we might have this facility. But, Lord, just having this facility down in the basement of uh, our church is not going to make any difference at all unless we utilize it for your glory and in order to help others who desperately need to know of a God who cares for them. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing upon every piece of equipment that's in this room and the one next to us. Lord, may you bless it so that its use might glorify you, that it might be a tool that is able to reach out and touch the lives of people and truly make a difference in this world that you have blessed us with. And so in the name of Jesus, I pray, let these tools, Lord, be used for you, and may they benefit those who are around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. This is the 116, and uh, the 116 is a member of the Corbin Cast Network, and has, uh, this is a special presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. This podcast is produced and hosted by yours truly, Greg Fish. Don't forget to like and share us on social media. We're available all over the place on all the podcast platforms, as well as YouTube now, so please subscribe or follow us, and be sure to leave a review. Go to PeoriaOne.com for more info about us and be sure and leave us a message. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the 116 and we're out of here.